0: This is Rowena from Pretty Creative, and my drink of choice is an ice cold white wine.
1: I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is
0: red wine. And I'm Mikala from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white
1: wine. Work Wife Wine Time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Hello,
0: ladies. Welcome to this Friday's episode of Work Wife Wine Time. Today we have Gemma and myself, Makala, and we're talking about sorting your shit. Now, the reason we wanted to do this episode is because we know through some of our relationships with fellow entrepreneurs and with just other people in general, clients and friends, that everyone just seems to have so many things going on at once and it's really hard to get things completed and get things done and, you know, getting clear in what your priorities are and what you're going to do and actually following through with that. And Gemma and I felt we had some insights that we could share. So a little bit of a background on where we are at the moment. Um, Gemma and I each have our own businesses, Contently Driven and Inspired Office, And we also have just launched a new joint business venture together called Freedom to Coach. And, of course, we also, along with Rowena, run the Work Wife One Time podcast. And also Gemma and I are undertaking a coach certification program. So as well as all these other things, there's also a studying component that we're doing as well. Now, and, you know, then there's also life as well outside of that family and all the rest. Now, with all of that stuff going on, I have to admit that I am I'm personally am at least constantly amazed by Gemma because she always gets stuff done. She always does what she says she's going to do when she says she's going to do it and, like, it's like she's a machine. I try very hard to do the same thing. I am improving constantly on doing that. Um, And basically what we're, the things that we're learning both in our individual studies and in running the business together, the podcast together, doing the certification together, um, we're just, we're learning so much about our brains and about how important it is to really focus on what you want to do and to make the decisions that you need to make to follow through and get things done. Um, something that I was thinking about today is a lot of entrepreneurs that I know and I have been included in this, various stages as well, um, is we get caught up in the shiny object syndrome. So, you know, You start out with an idea, yes, I'm going to do this for my business, and you start planning out what you're going to do, and you start making it happen, and then suddenly you see something someone else has done, and you go, oh, actually, that looks better. That's a better idea. That might be more fun to do, and so you leave what you were doing, and you start something else. And then you get stuck you get stuck into that and you work your way through it and then suddenly you see something else that someone's doing and you go oh actually that'll be get better and you jump into that and again i may be speaking from experience here but you get to the end of the year and you find that you have started 17 projects and maybe finished two of them so because Gemma and I have so much on our plate at the moment and we've had to work really hard at getting good at sorting our shit and actually making it happen following it through we thought we would share with you some of what we've discovered and what we've learnt and what we actually do or have tried throwing to you Jim
1: <laughs> run out of steam that was quite
0: the introduction no, well, thank you.
1: Um, well, first of all, um, I would like to point out that, yes, no matter what, I will always get done what I say. I will. It's always on time. It always has been. And it always will be. Um, it is. Yeah. However, so you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful little insight to me, but you're also on time sorting your shit as well. I see, like-
0: that, I, I guess in that way it might be kind of interesting because I feel a bit like the duck, you know. It's like people like you see me just cruising along on the surface, but underneath I'm going insane trying to get everything done. So that I'm pleased to know that I may appear to just Produce everything when I say I'm going to. But yes, it certainly often, very often, does not feel like that. But thank you for saying that.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, I I do I do love um, talking about sorting shit, and it's really for me, it's really interesting because people say to me all the time, why the fuck do you get everything done?" Yep, all the time. And it's really, I don't know, it's really interesting to me because if we're going to put it into a real mindset thing, um, I've always had the thought, always, my whole life, if someone asks me to do something, if I have stuff to do, if I want to do things, if I plan to do things, I always tell myself, I've got plenty of time. I always have. That's what I've always said. I'm like, yeah, I've got time to do that. Can you help me with this? Yeah, I've got time. <laughs> can I plan thirty goals this year? Yeah, I could do that. I've got time. <laughs> along the way, yeah. Uh, for me personally, now that I think about it and I understand, you know, what happens in our minds and thoughts and everything, um, but it—it's just—it's so interesting because people always say it to me throughout my whole life. Like, how, how do you do so much? How do you get it all done? How do you find the time? And I, I just I just do, you know, if, if I want to do something, I'll do it. So I'll find that time and, and do it. And as much as if I've got something due for someone else, it's it's sticking to that commitment, you know, and it's that not letting someone else down. So if I say I'm gonna do this at that time, then I know that in my head. So I pre-plan to make sure that it's done by 3 p.m., whatever. You know, and if I've said this is going to be done by this day, then I just do it. Um, However, (laughs) what I have been working with, and like Mick said earlier, we've really been going beyond and pushing ourselves within the thought you shared and everything, you know, getting it done. um, We're taking it to the next level for both of us. So for me, the biggest learning curve is honouring that commitment and that time and that deadline for myself now. So I did find when I had something due or something to do for someone else, no matter what, it would always get done. However, for myself, I did find that I would push things out a lot.
0: Yes, absolutely. I could not agree more. I think thinking more about what you said earlier about me, getting stuff done on time. um, I think you've just nailed it. It's like, yes, if it is for someone else, I will move heaven and earth to get it done. However, I do also personally still struggle with the commitments for myself. I think that's how I've got, you know, the stuff for the podcast and the stuff for our business. I'll always get that done because I'm, you know, I have the responsibility to you and to Row to get those things done and I don't want to let you guys down. But, yeah, when it comes to my own business and my own personal things, that is, it still continues to be a struggle for me. It's something I'm definitely getting better at. But, yeah, it, the struggle is really real in that respect, isn't it? And mm-hmm. this whole idea of um, I suppose I never actually ever thought of it as making a commitment to myself before, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just stuff I've got to get done and I'll try and get to it and if I don't get to it, I'll well. But using the language of commitment to myself, like that kind of takes it into a a whole new realm of thought really.
1: Yeah, for sure because it's so easy for us to make a commitment to someone else but when it comes to ourselves, Mm. you know, we, we constantly don't do it. You know, it's, it's so interesting when you think about it and you really need to question why. Like why are you, you know, putting other deadlines ahead of yourself? What, you know, why aren't you honouring your own own time? You're making a commitment to someone else. Why aren't you honouring that for yourself? Mm. You know, and once you really delve into that work and figure out why, then it, it changes everything because you'll start making those commitments to yourself. You know, it's like you have an appointment at 2 p.m. for your hair, right? You've got to do that. Yeah, you know, you're always there, aren't you? You're always there. You have a, I don't know, I have a boxing class at 6 o'clock at night. I've committed to that. I'm there on time to do that class. You know, you have an appointment taking car to the mechanic. You do that. Yeah. But in your diary, you've got something in at 1 p.m., lunch and listen to a podcast. What do you do? You don't do it.
0: Are you, are you looking at my diary right now? <laughs> right.
1: Why do we do that? that? That's the real, I don't know, it's the real shit there. Yeah, it
0: is. Why, mm-hmm. why don't we do it? That is a really, really good question. Got any insight to share on that one? <laughs> I'm throwing to you so I give myself time to think about that.
1: Well, it it comes down to a couple of things. Uh, First of all, I think for many of us it can be as deep as a worthiness issue, whereas Mm. you're really thinking or putting things off because perhaps you don't think you're worthy of them, Mm. right? And especially when it comes to, I think, personal things and personal time. You know, whereas, yeah, okay, so you may make a hair appointment but that appointment has been made for someone else so you're not going to waste their time. But when it comes to I want to sit down for three hours and read a book, you know, it, it really comes down to is this worth my time? I'm not worth this time. I should yes. be doing something for someone else or I should be maybe doing something in business or making money. But it's like, no. Yeah, the shoulds. Mm-hmm yeah you know so you, at, at the time and, and there's so many things that've been going through your head you think, oh well, I, sh- I should be making money in my business, not reading a book for three hours. Mm. Well, why not? You know why aren't you giving yourself? Of course you're worthy of that time. that that time of reading a book is expanding your brain in some way, right? Yeah yeah we, we put that off because we think, oh, you know, I should be working my business or I should be doing something else, I should be doing something else or I need to, you know, make dinner or I need to do whatever, Mm. you know, but we're constantly putting off things and commitments to ourselves and I think a lot of it comes down to people's different self-worth issues that we're not worthy of giving ourselves that time. Mm.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, I think I'd agree with all aspects of everything you just said. Um, something that also comes up for me is one thing I'll do, like I, I have started planning out my weekends. I don't plan out the whole weekend, but I'll have blocks of time. So in this time I'm going to study, like in this hour, and in this time I'm going to read. I've started putting those blocks of time in to make sure I do the things that I actually want to do. However, should my daughter come to me and say, can we go for a driving lesson? instantly I just go yep throw the diary out the window and take her like I do do that a lot if someone or if a friend calls up and goes you know oh I'd love to catch up for a coffee with you then it's like I just have this thing where I'll just instantly drop my plans in order to you know do what this other person wants so
1: Mm.
0: I think this kind of leads into a second idea of people pleasing and caring about the perception of other people and, you know, what they think of you. Because I have, I've had times where I'm like literally going to sit down and read for two hours and then my partner's walked in and it's like, what are you doing? I'm reading. And, you know, she's like, well, the lawn needs mowing and this needs doing and... And so, yeah, it's like I don't want her to think I'm lazy. So, okay, well, I won't read. I'll go and do this or I'll do that. Or Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, yeah, it's I'm kind of more concerned about I'm either more concerned about what she thinks of me and don't want her to think I'm lazy or I want to make her happy
1: Mm -hmm. by attacking some of the things on the never-ending list. Exactly. But what about the never-ending list of your time and things for you? I know, right? Right. Like, what totally. about that? What, what about that? And it's so interesting because I, I really, I, I, I had a thought a while ago and I think that another, I know we're talking sorting is shit, but at, at the same time we're also talking a bit of about time and time management, right? Mm. I think that saying yes, is a very big killer of time. If you think about the things that kill time, saying yes constantly is one of those and and going on from people pleasing, saying yes to others is also wasting your time because like you just said, you had that 2 hours you wanted to read, but you're saying yes and saying yes, you're then wasting your own time. Right? Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and that that's a real mind or a real thought change mm-hmm. that needs to happen for me for sure anyway but yeah, yeah for
1: sure because again right you have made that appointment you know 10 a.m on a Saturday to get your hair done you're going to go to that no matter what if someone were to ring you and say hey can you do you want to have a coffee you'd be like no at 10 o'clock on Sunday I'm getting my hair done Whereas why can't you say, no, 10 o'clock on Sunday, I'm reading for two hours.
0: Yeah, that that's a really interesting thought. And if you think about it, like the different feelings mm-hmm. that that evokes, like, you know, if, if we think about the I've got the hair appointment option, someone calls and says, let's do coffee, and I go, no, I've got a hair appointment, then the feeling that that kind of brings up is like, it's just definite. It's like, sorry, there's no gray area. I'm doing something. I'm committed. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something. But then when you said about I'm reading for two hours, like that brings up all these different uncomfortable emotions and uncomfortable feelings. It's like, yeah, that creates a real push pull. So isn't that interesting? Same sort of idea but really
1: different feelings that come up about it. And well, I guess because, I'd like to ask what what are you, what what are your first feelings? Because for me, if I think about it, when you really have that push-pull and, you know, you're 10 a.m., you've got your hair appointment, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's just like, yeah, no, I've got that. Like,
0: exactly. It's like, no, nope, sorry, can't.
1: Yeah, but to Stop. say no, I can't. If this time in my diary. Is for me scheduled to read. I think it would pull pull up what guilt.
0: Yeah, guilt, selfishness. Ah, uh, like you know, um, you'd feel that you're letting them down mm-hmm. or that you're being selfish.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but why doesn't that happen when you've got something booked in at ten a.m. Like it's so it's so so interesting
0: it is so interesting yeah
1: and I, I guess the main reason we're blabbering on about this as important as it is is once you start to honor these time commitments it's, it's one of the very first steps of sorting your shit because if you've got something in place like for example that 10 a.m on a sunday reading time for two hours is for you know x y and z if you honor that you're going to start getting that shit done rather yes. than like it really is your first step in that
0: That's exactly right the um, the way yeah the way Gemma and I work is that we schedule everything that we're going to do into our diary and once once it's in the diary that's half the battle. The second half of the battle is getting to that point in the diary and going right, I'm now going to do this because yeah. if it's something you've got in the diary, say it's a workday, right, and at this is one for me, 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, I have to write my social media posts for the next month. That is not something I enjoy doing. That is not something that excites me. It's not something that motivates me or inspires me. To me, that feels like a lot of hard work and I would rather do just about anything than sit down and write my social media out it is something I do and once I set I get the right mindset about it I can get in and get it done but if I wasn't managing my mind about it I'd come to that block in my diary and I'd go oh gee I better just check and make sure I don't have any Facebook messages I haven't responded to Or it might be, oh, I actually meant to put a load of washing on this morning. I'm just going to dash up and do that now. Or You know, my brain will just go, hold the phone. There are about 17 other urgent things that I think you should actually be doing instead of doing your social media
1: for next month. And they're completely urgent, right?
0: They are are life and death. Yeah. If Uh I don't get that load of washing out within the next hour literally the whole house is going to fall apart.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no there's, doubt that's about it.
0: Crying, screaming, gnashing of teeth. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to, or both of us, to my favourite thing and something I've been working so hard on and so have you is constraint. The C word. That C word. It's actually the new C word. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it is a new C word. C words are quite controversial, aren't they? They are. So <laughs> tell us a bit more about what constraint is, Gemma. Constraint is exactly that when it comes to 2 pm on a Wednesday in your diary. So we're now coming to that second half of the battle where everything's scheduled in, it's all looking shiny and pretty and perfect, but it comes to that 2 pm on a Wednesday. And the house will blow up if you don't put your load of washing on or if you don't, check Facebook and make sure, you know, someone hasn't left you a notification that, again, is life or death. Clean the kitty litter box. Clean the kitty litter box. It's 2 p.m. It is now time for you to constrain yourself. If that's what your diary says at that time, you you are not going to want to do it. And that's the thing. You just won't want to do it because in the moment your brain knows. Your brain's like, oh, I'm going do that. I'm to do something that's way more fun or, you know, I've got to do something that's really important, like put a load of washing on. Or watch it... cat videos. Or watch cat videos because your brain knows it doesn't want to do what you've got in your diary for the next two hours. So that's when you have to be in control of it and constrain yourself to sit there for those two hours and do it and the thing is it's done then Mm. and it's it's not going to be easy but if you constrain yourself to those times you are going to get shit done regardless you need to ignore all the other things your brain's offering you at the time that seem like a way better idea especially watching cat videos you have to ignore them and push through it and do what your diary says at 2 p.m. And guess what? At 4 p.m. it's done. Isn't that amazing? Mm. It's brilliant. But if you don't constrain yourself, you're going to get stuck of having this beautifully planned out calendar and not getting the shit in it done. Yeah.
0: And so I guess the next sort of step to talk about is how to get your brain to focus and get it done. How to get your brain out of, no, I don't want to do it. I want to do anything else and actually sit down and get started. Mm-hmm. Now, excuse us getting all life coaching on you for a moment, but basically it all comes down to your thoughts and feelings. So for me with the social media, I look at that and my thought is, I hate it. I don't want to do it. When I think that, the feeling that I get from that thought is frustration. When I'm feeling frustrated, I want to distract myself. I want to avoid doing whatever I'm meant to be doing. Suddenly I get the strong urge to make a cup of tea. I suddenly get hungry, need to go get some food. Um, As I said, my brain goes, oh, and don't forget to call your father because you haven't done that, so now's a good time to do that. So frustration for me, when I get frustrated in something, I want to avoid doing it, and so my brain's going to offer me all of those different ideas and thoughts on how I can avoid doing it. It might even be, oh, look, don't do that task. Here's a simpler task on your list. Let's do that instead. And so my result is... I don't do it. Four o'clock comes. I've spent the whole time doing washing (laughs) on Facebook, calling my dad while I was doing the washing. I've done all these other things, but I haven't done the thing that I thought was important enough to put in my diary and schedule. And so that's just how life can play out. If you don't actively try to step in when your brain goes, no, I don't want to do that, if you don't actively try and change the way you're thinking, that's going to be your result. However, another way that I could approach it is I look at the 2 o'clock appointment in my diary and go, okay, create my social media. And I think... What feeling is going to help me to get this done? It could be determined, it could be inspired, it could be it could be many things. But the idea is I find I think of a feeling that is going to actually help me get it done, not push me away from it, but pull it towards me and help me get started. And then attach that feeling as a thought. Because thoughts create your feelings. So once I've worked out the feeling that I want, I can then stop and think, okay, so say, for example, the feeling is focused. My thought might be, if I do this now, I don't have to do it again for another month. That could be the thought that gives me the feeling of focus. That thought makes me want to feel focused. When I think that thought and I feel focused, I'll turn off all my distractions. I will put my phone to silent. I will close my emails. I will open up the document that I need and I'll get started. And my result will be that by 4 o'clock I will have written all my social media posts for next month. So they are really the two options that you have to meet your commitments. You can go with what your brain instinctively offers you, which is, no, I don't want to do it. Let's do 500,000 things instead. Or you can turn your brain around. You can turn your thinking around and you can steer your brain in the direction that you need it
1: to get the result that you want to have. Again, it comes back to honouring yourself and your time. You know, at one point when you're planning out your calendar and your week, you make that commitment to be like, okay, I need to get this done for my business, for XYZ, i Z. I'll put it in. I know it will take about two hours. I'll put it in Wednesday 2 p.m., you know, and it comes Wednesday 2 p.m. And if you don't do it, you're, again, not honouring your time, Mm. right? You're not honouring your time. You're not honouring yourself. And the thing is
0: it's not like this task is going to go away. It has to get done.
1: Mm -hmm. You just took those words right out of my mouth. When I was younger, someone said to me once, "What you resist will persist," and it was just this massive light bulb moment. I was like, "Whoa!" Right? Mm. Resisting it—it's—it's going to keep persisting at you, you know. And if you put it off and put it off and put it off, you're going to have to do it anyway. So you may as well do it at the time that you scheduled. And guess what? It's done brilliant. Now, when I was a teenager, when I was studying, um, again, people would say to me, how do you do all of these things? Um, so, again, something I've always done. I actually, a bit like um, Pablo's dog, I guess you could say, I used to actually reward myself and I did this unknowingly that it, it, that's actually how our brains work. So in order for me to study, I'll say it was, you know, coming up exam time um, and, you know, on top of that I was doing, you know, I was training for gymnastics four hours a day and all weekend and still getting A's and A pluses and everything and, you know, the, the usual doing 100,000 <laughs> 100, extracurricular activities and, you know, I guess I overachiever, I had to do all of the things. Um, but what I would do, I would schedule that time in but I would give myself a reward. So I would say, all right, two hours, we're doing, you know, this piece of study and after that I can sit down and watch half an hour or whatever I taped on video the night before, give myself a break, watch that. That's my little reward. So it almost, it was like constraining myself to do something to then get that little reward, get that little dopamine hit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I did that all through high school, all through university, you know, so if I get all of this stuff done now, I can then give myself a reward.
0: You know. And it's fantastic if, that you were training your
1: brain from from such a young age. I was already doing it on un, un, unknowing of the fact that it literally works. Like unknowing mm. that's how our brains work, but that's what I did. I did it for years. Years and years. And if I taped something, you know, for an hour show, it would be my little reward to watch half hour of it. So then I would go study again for that next two hours and be super excited to watch the end of it. Mm -hmm. You know?
0: Um, You mentioned in what you just said about the dopamine hit, too. That's something we haven't talked about yet. Do you
1: want to? No, we haven't.
0: (laughs) Do you want to explain a bit more about that? Oh,
1: goodness me. Yes, I do. How long have we got? (laughs) This is my favourite thing in the whole world to talk about. That's I, why I'm I, throwing it to you. I absolutely love this. Our, our brains like rewards. It's how they work. It's how all animal brains work. So this is speaking back in our, what's known, I guess, as our older brain or our primitive brain, our more animalistic brain, um, the brain that's more instinctual, right, and then, of course, we've got the other side of the brain that's what makes humans human. But we, our brains work off different types of neurotransmitters and chemicals. So our brains are full of all these chemicals, and we have ones that give us good feelings. We have ones that give us bad feelings. Um, and, and dopamine is one of those, I guess, happy brain chemicals, mm. you know, and it, it gives us a reward. So when we were... You know, through evolution, we were given feelings because feelings make us take actions, right? So, without them, we wouldn't have survived as a species. So, if, if you think about our desire for something, so, you know, we desire food, right? And then that makes us feel hungry. So, that makes us seek the reward. Mm hmm. You know, so reward that's sort being of being the food. The reward being the food, you know, uh, oh, and, and, and it's it's that's just how our brains have worked. The problem now is that the, the that release of the dopamine, which you get from that reward of eating food or drinking water or you know, having sex or you know, many of those instinctual things. Um, the problem now is we have dopamine that's so highly concentrated so highly concentrated and I'm not talking about things just like drugs like cocaine and things like that I'm talking about soft drink and, and sugar never-ending Netflix that we can watch all day forever and all, night. and all night you know there is there is so so much heavily concentrated dopamine that now when we can just go and have a soft drink or grab a coffee or have a glass of wine or watch, you know, six hours of, I don't know, whatever, Seinfeld. I don't know why Seinfeld (laughs) came into my head. You know, that's all of this concentrated dopamine hit. Whereas before, you know, hungry, seek food, eat apple, that was a dopamine hit that worked. Now what's really interesting is that we actually get that happy chemical, that release from things like learning from things like achieving a goal or planning something and achieving a goal, right, we actually get that dopamine hit from that because if we didn't, we would still be cavemen running around, right? Mm. We would never have evolved in that way if seeking knowledge and achieving things didn't give us that same sort of release,
0: Mm.
1: you know. But the problem is that sort of release from that, it's not enough for people anymore when we have all of this concentrated dopamine mm-hmm.
0: and i guess like the the dopamine hit that we get from learning and from completing a project that's it's like a um oh gosh what's that term um oh you know pain now pleasure later <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not the right one but i can't think of what it is my brain stopped um you know it's like it's the delaying the pleasure yes so, we'd have to go for a longer mm-hmm. period of time before yeah. we get the hit. Yes. Yeah. And whereas now it's like, why do that? Why not mm-hmm. just watch a cat video that gives you yeah. a little dopamine hit there, or just go and grab a piece of chocolate, which gives you another quick dopamine hit there.
1: Exactly. Um, but so, giving, yeah. giving into that, you know, coming to that time on your calendar, like, oh, no, a piece of chocolate sounds like a way better idea. Mm-hmm. Giving into that again is, you know, you've you've left what you're doing, you've gone to get the chocolate, you've already wasted probably without even knowing it, at least 20 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. Right? You come back and sit down at your desk. Oh no, I just need to pop off to the toilet now. Come back, you know, that's that's the thing as well. It's it's such a time waster if you're not constraining and you're giving into that immediate hit of, you know, getting that. Eating that yeah. piece of chocolate and being like, oh, yes, now I feel
0: better. Oh, yeah. Now. So that's it. Instead of your brain focusing on the dopamine hit that you're going to get at four o'clock when you're finished. Yeah. Instead kind of going, oh, but we can just get a little hit from this. And oh, we'll just go and do that and get a little hit. And, you know, putting the washing out, oh, I feel good. That will give me a dopamine hit. And that's only mm-hmm. going to take me 10 minutes. And it's yeah, for to sure. on social media.
1: Exactly. So, yeah,
0: I think, I think being aware of how that works is a
1: really important element in this. Oh, absolutely. It, it can really change everything, you know, and once you're aware of it, you can start to sort of see where you do it, you mm. know. It's, it's so, it, it's really, really interesting. And it can be anything. So many things give us that instant little bit of happy feeling, you know, so many things. And we, when we have access to so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know that's a problem. Why would I sit here and do my social media posts and you know wait until four p.m. to be to feel happy for making that little achievement when I can eat a piece of chocolate? Mm. You know, it's, it's that that we have to it that we never used to. Yeah, that's true. You know, and people not actually being aware of that. So that's that is. The really big problem of not being able to sort your shit. And that's why it comes to two o'clock on your calendar, your brain wants to not do that thing. It wants to feel all the other happy feelings from anything else it can get at the time because it wants you to survive. Hmm. You know, but the problem now is we're 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 all surviving.
0: (laughs) Quite well.
1: You know, we no longer need to run
0: from saber tooth tigers. No. You know, our food, we don't have to go out and risk our lives hunting for it. You can just pop down to the shop. <laughs>
1: it's, it's all good. It's all good. We're, we're, you know, it's, it's totally fine. We don't need to survive the species in that way. But we still have that part of our brain that's doing it. Mm. Why wouldn't it? It's done it for thousands of years, right? Yeah,
0: so we've talked about some um, motivations for sorting your shit and getting stuff done. So we've we've talked about worthiness, we've talked about people-pleasing, we've talked about, you know, how others might think of us. We've now talked about dopamine and how all that works. The last thing that I really wanted us to touch on um, is more about... Not completing things. So, you know, those projects that we start and we never see it through to the end. And my thought on that, or I, th- and I think this is something that I have done in the past, I don't tend to do it now because I've become aware of it, but it's something I did in the past. I would abandon an idea or a project that I was working on because I was afraid that it wasn't going to succeed. I was afraid that it would be a failure. You know, it's like, oh, it's not worth finishing this because it's not going to go anywhere. No one's going to be interested in it. You know, all of that sort of thing. And one thing that you and I have learned, particularly this year um, with doing impossible goals that we've both sort of been talking about and... An impossible goal being something, a goal that you set yourself for the year that is something that you don't actually believe you can attain. So it's, you know, say realistically you're hoping your income goal for the year might be $100,000. So you set your impossible goal at $250,000. And the reason that you do this is so you're pushing yourself If you aim for $100,000, you might hit $100,000. If you aim for $250,000, you might hit $150,000. So, you know, it's, it's aiming higher and pushing yourself and extending yourself to try and get there. That's one part of the impossible goal idea. But the other part of it is overcoming fear of failure. And so, as part of the process, each quarter we have to set ourselves 25 fails. So, 25 things that we're going to try and do and most probably fail at in order to try and reach our impossible goal. And I, as we're coming to the end of quarter one, I actually reviewed my fails last week. And um, I thought it just might be interesting to, Just have a little discussion with you know for for starters like how you've gone with yours and how you find it found it and what you've learned from getting better at failing and you know losing some of the fear of failing because I know when I first started a business like failure was huge fear on a lot of levels it still is so this practice of purposely going out with the incredibly real possibility of failing something it was really hard for me to get on board with to start with and really hard for me to embrace and you know to actually follow through with. so what what's been your experience with it?
1: Well first of all I haven't got it in my calendar to review yet because it's not the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There you are, getting, getting super organized ahead of time.
0: It was in my calendar for last Friday, and I did the thought work around it, so I actually well, sat down and did it.
1: Yes, well, mine's in my calendar for next Thursday. So
0: <laughs> <I> hate that. <laughs> well, off the top of your head, how are things going for you?
1: Really interesting concept for me. And it really is that failing ahead of time, you know, when you start to do something and you're in the middle of it and you stop or you quit because you're scared it's going to fail. But how will you know until you finish it and put it out there, right? And once you finish it and put it out there, it may fail over and over, but are you willing to keep trying and keep going and keep persisting and failing over again? And I've done a lot of work around failure. I always thought I never had an issue with failure because I always did so many things and just kept on doing them until, you know, I got to the finish line. Mm. Um, But, oh, I did. (laughs) Oh, I did. I, I certainly did. Um, but what I didn't, what more so, what I didn't quite understand is fear. But that's a whole other podcast within itself, and that mm. changed my life. However, um, you do fear failing.
0: Mm.
1: Failure may not be, you know, we've, we fail all the time since we're, you know, tiny little little babies, you know. But we, it's the way we think about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, you fail that one time and you're gonna fear it for a long time. You know, it may be that one presentation you did in year eight where it didn't go so well and you failed it and everyone knew you failed it and now you're terrified of right of mm. it. so it just it just it depends on, on what could sort happen of happened and that pre-fear. But what I've loved with these 25 fails um, is not really thinking about that. You know, you just like you know, again, if it's in your calendar, you just do it. So you just yeah. like, oh, here it is. Time to do the thing. And then, you know, if it doesn't get the result that you'd put in, that's a fail. And you're like, let's do the next one.
0: Ah. That's what I found. It's yeah. Like when I was reviewing them, I'm like, oh, that was a fail. And it's like, oh, but that actually doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. I'm actually okay with that because I tried it and, yeah, I failed, but because I tried it six times before that one, it's like I found as I was going down my list, reviewing them all, and, like, I'm not at the bottom yet because there are still a couple of weeks left in this month or in this quarter. But, yeah, it's like as when I first started ticking things off my list, it hit me hard. You know, I'd try it. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So oh, I'd try it again. Still not great. And now I'm at the point where, oh, yeah, I tried that. That totally failed. And it's like it's laughable. and mm-hmm. There are no negative feelings on that. It's like, ah, I tried. I failed. Oh, well. And I think for me having that turnaround because I I was someone who was really, really afraid of failing, you know, starting my business, it was taking a huge risk um, and I wasn't sure that I'd be able to do it. So yeah, every little failure really sat hard with me. Whereas now, like you know, I laugh about it and I share my failures with people. Whereas before, it was something I'd never speak about. So it's it's really changed for me my fear of failure. And you know, with our new business, p- the putting things out there like we are, like with the courses and things we're developing, it's you know, a year ago I would have had so much anxiety about actually putting up a course and getting people, charging people money for it. You know, oh, what if it's not good enough and this, that. Now it's like we just do it and if people love it, that is so awesome, you know, we'll help people. There's none of the, oh, no, it's going to fail and it's a personal reflection on me and, like, that's such an amazing feeling. That really changes the way that I approach things now. And, you know, this is only after one quarter. Like after one quarter, I can already see my mindset just changing so much. But another thing I wanted to mention is you uh, mentioned failing ahead of time. And that is something that I also picked up when I was going through my list. So failing ahead of time is failing by not trying. And there were two things on my list that I failed simply because I just didn't give it a go. Like one of them was submitting a blog post to a publication. I can't remember what the second one was, but that's what Gemma means by failing ahead of time. So we actually set ourselves up to fail in that respect because we decide not to take the action that we had committed ourselves to. And again, this comes back to your diary, You're failing ahead of time. If you make the decision, like say it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I've got that social media thing at 2 o'clock. If at 11 o'clock I go, actually, I'm not going to do that social media thing. I'm going to push it to another day. I'll do something else there. I'm essentially setting myself up to fail ahead of time because I'm pushing it back because chances are I'll get to the next space where I had that booked in. And I'll go, oh, I still don't feel like doing it. I'll push it back again. So, you know, it's, it's essentially setting myself up for failure. The fact of the matter is I set my calendar at the start of the week and my focus at the start of the week is what I want to have achieved. When I get to the end of the week, these are the things I want to have achieved. These are the things I need to have achieved if it's client work, you know, with specific deadlines and things. And... The commitment is to get in and get that done so you know you what you want to do is you want to set your calendar and you want to really try as hard as you can to meet that commitment but then on the flip side if something happens and you don't meet that commitment you don't beat yourself up about it you treat it as a learning experience so at the end of the week you do a review and you look at your calendar and goes go okay what worked this worked. I did that really well. I did that really well. Then you ask, your, ask yourself, what didn't work? What didn't go so well? And you make note of that. And then you take those lessons when you and you look at them when you start to plan your next week. So what worked? Okay, let's repeat that. What didn't work? Let's try and avoid that. And that's how you plan. And That's a practice, the review of your calendar is a practice that you should do every single week because every week is going to be different. Different things are always going to come up. And if it's a practice that you get into, A, it's a way of being more gentle with yourself, going, you know, it's not a pass or fail situation. It's a, okay, that didn't really work. What can I learn from it and try differently next time? Not necessarily do better next time, but try something different next time to try and improve on the situation. So, Jem, we need to start winding this episode up. Is there anything that you particularly wanted to add or say in there? Oh,
1: no. Absolutely <laughs> there is. I would really like to finish with I think at this point a lot of our listeners are going to be thinking Hang on, all of this planning, all of these things, all of this putting shit in calendars, that's going to waste a whole lot of my time. That's going to take up a lot of time, right? Yep. When in fact, it's complete opposite. Absolutely. If you pre plan, if you get everything in there, constrain and do things in those. Whatever blocks of time you've set it and get it done, you will discover more time opens up. And once more time opens up, you can get more shit done or you can have more time for yourself. And it's incredible how it works that way. That's right.
0: And, I mean, we've all heard the saying that failing to plan is planning to fail. And it's like that is not a throwaway statement. That is a true-to-life fact. If you fail to plan, if you fail to put a plan into place to get the things done that you need or want to get done,
1: it's just not (laughs) going to happen. And that's it. And that's how you can just sort your shit and get it done, really. And whether it's something within the week, within three weeks, within six months, within a year, you can plan all of that out. You can put it with, within a calendar so you've actually got the time you're going to do it, not oh, I'll, do, I'll do it at some point. If it's already set there. That's how you can, yeah, that is literally how you can sort your shit and get all of these things done, whether it's something small, something medium, something massive, something over five years. Plan for as long as you want it. Yep. But if you plan it around, you will be able to find the time and get all of these things that you've wanted to get done, done. Gemma out. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit
0: subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers
1: from our guests. Until next time... Take care and drink responsibly.